Hello, and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, a Malazian read-through podcast. That's right, we're back. Well, book two, keeping the energy up. My name is Peter Bond. I've read each book in the main series. However, my two co-hosts are reading the series for the first time. With me today is my friend and closest confidant, India Jones. Hello, morale is high, energy is also high. And he is a shape-shifting bear who just dropped in to say hello. It's Joshua Dean Baker. <laughs> Tis I. I like honey and hibernating. I mean, you're, uh, it's not that untrue, you know? Yeah, my girlfriend walked in me today and I was just fully asleep on the couch. It was great. You like honeys and honey. I do like honeys and honey. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a Were you like Pooh Bear and you had a big box of honey you were <laughs> Yeah, and I was with? naked from the waist down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So uh, we're here. We're starting Dead House Gates. We're finally uh, into it. Uh, I think we're all excited. We spent a long time talking about Gardens of the Moon, and we're all excited to talk about book two and uh, kind of start uh, start it up. Oh. And uh, it sounds like there's we're going to get right into it, because uh, I don't think... Just do I'm it. I'm trying to... I'm looking at their faces. It doesn't <laughs> seem... All right. <clears throat> And let's get into it. <laughs> Just a minor correction, Peter. I think that there are only two excited people in this podcast, and I'm uh, not one of them. You just said right. the energy well, was high and hope was high. Yes, seconds ago, you said morale was high, end quote. I was just saying hello. All right, well, let's, 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 uh, we'll uh, let's summarize. <laughs> Prologue. In the imperial capital of Unta, the nobility is being culled for a third time. Nobles are dragged into the streets to face the mobs. A priest of Hood, covered in flies, approaches three prisoners. Haboric Lighttouch, a former priest of Fenir and historian. Bowden, an imposing thug. And Felicin Perrin, Gnois's youngest sister, who has been torn out of her house. Felicin is panicked, scared as they are paraded down the street after the Priest of Hood offers an omen. Felicin's oldest sister, Tavor, has been named adjunct after Lauren's death in Darugistan. Tavor rides through the crowd, escorted by her entourage, overseeing the chaos. The mob start to throw bricks and attack the nobility. Sacking and looting will soon follow. They break through, threatening Felicin and Haboric. The thug Bowden kills the Lady Gason as an offering to the mob. The guards soon show up and they are allowed to pass. Felicin survives the mob and boards the slave ships. So the Gardens of the Moon prologue starts in Unta and we see Ganois having a, as a young man, and now Deadhouse Gates, we begin in Unta once more. Uh, however, things are quite different, and we are meet up with uh, Felicin, the other one of the other parent sisters. Josh, you're really thrown right into it. What'd you think of the prologue? Okay, so uh, a couple quick questions on things that you said that maybe I didn't quite get. So, so this is the third culling of Imperial Nobles. Yes. yes, Lacine uh, has uh, likes to keep a fresh house. Okay, and so 
is that like over a long period or like in recent history? Well, I mean, Lucine's, it's got to be relatively recent. Years, She's not been the Empress for long. Lacine's this is her tenth year on the throne. Okay. Yeah, so isn't it every three years that she does it? Yeah. Why would you be a noble then? Right. Well, you were born it, I guess. I don't know. But like, why would you not like be like, I'm good. I don't want to be murdered in the streets. In th- because you're like rich nobility. Yeah, and also wasn't full of what is her name? Fel- what? Felicen. Felicen. Well, wasn't she? Doesn't she say at some point like that she and her family were able to? Oh wait, she wasn't it last time. I thought they hid last time. She said. Uh, no. I, I, I'm she was unsure. Like, we were in our houses with the door closed, but I guess maybe that's because she wasn't a nobility. Wait, was she a nobility person? She was a noble, but, but the, um, this time the culling is being led by Tavor, so I guess it's a little different. Okay. Well, regardless of that, I think that this was such a good prologue. Like, I picked up Dead House Gates, and it's a, it's a bigger book than Gardens of the Moon, which is not a small book. It is. So I was like, oh, this is going to be a tough boy, and the prologue really did a good job of just, like, getting me right into it, so I liked it. Also, yeah. these three people are the dream team, and I cannot wait to keep seeing them. Hopefully none of them die immediately. Yeah, what? I thought that one of them did die immediately. No, well, the old uh, lady did, but not <laughs> Hebrick, Baldwin, and Felicin. The old lady bit it hard. The, oh, I thought that was Felicin that was biting it. No, no, oh, Felicin no, no. bit nothing. Oh, I was, because then I was like, okay, well that, all right, well there yeah, we are. Off to a good no, start, off to yeah. a good start. Felicin like bumps into like she's Lady Gason's like an old nobility friend, and Felicin's like, "Oh, yo, another noble!" And then she like mad bites it, and Felicin's all yeah. afraid. Well, but I don't is, know if she bites it so much as she's ripped apart that physically was the by Balvin. Disturbing thing that I have ever had to listen to in my life. It was like he grabbed her and he tried to crush her vertebrae by grabbing her neck. I was like, "What?" Yeah, it's pretty like yeah. when. When you do something so awful that a blood-crazed mob is like, oh, ah, that's how you know you really <laughs> Ooh, did something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was it, disturbing. Wait, but no, but who, I thought some big, per- one one large man killed her is what I thought. Bowden is his yes, name. Yes, the thug that kind of walks with them and mostly protects them for the whole walk. Yeah, well, he protects himself, too. He killed that lady by breaking her neck. Uh, yeah, I think he also uses the chain to saw and, her head uh, off. Yes, yeah. then he, yeah, oh, he right, pulls it off, right. yep. Oh, hey, I'm reading some notes we have, or I, I, and uh, the call is, uh, I, I, I understand it more now, so it's like... Great, explain it to me, please. Okay, it seems like, it's not like, it's not called, oh, it's the, 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 the triannual culling of nobles, it's just like every few years she like pinpoints a few houses to kind of scapegoat. And claims they've been treasonous, and then uses that to con- uses their death and enslavement as kind of a way to like placate the like the lower classes, while also stealing all of their shit to pay for her stuff. Mm. And it's smart. and it's kind of it's kind of made out to be that um, Tavor feels a need to now that she has been appointed adjunct, like uh, subject her own house to this after Gnois has kind of gone missing on Genabacus with the Dujek's army. That's and now, their brother? Yeah. Shut the yes. fudge Also, up. also, also, listen, we've learned some things. Gano S. Let's just commit to the bit right now. We know his name's not Gnois. Mm. You can say, you, Josh, you can say it however you want. I'm not I'm near. Gonna go, I'm, That's I'm what gonna I said, go with, Peter, and you said the same exact thing. You said you can say whatever you want, but I'm not. I'm going to say Gano S now because so many people have been like, hey, 
idiots. So you've won. You won. You fool. All right. Anyway, I, Josh, I agree. I think the prologue is really disturbing and it's a frightening way to be thrown in. And I think oh. it, uh, oh, Erickson does a great job of like rooting you. I didn't, say, I didn't you. say any of that. It was a romp for me, man. I yeah, I said uh, no, I, no, I liked it too. No, I like it too. I just think it's it does such I'm just a great saying, job. You couldn't, so I never used the word terrifying. You're putting words uh, in my mouth. I, th- I, Christ, I thought it did. A, it does a good job. Peter of was like, scared. I think it does a good job <laughs> of putting you in Felicen's point of view. You know, you, it starts and you're in the streets yeah, with her. Yeah, he does and use a lot of panicked, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and right. I, I, I think you feel the fear that she is feeling. Agreed. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Um, well, let's keep on moving then. Chapter one. On Seven Cities, we meet Mappo Runt and Ikaria. Mappo, a full-blooded Trell, travels with the half-blooded Jagut across one of the deserts of Seven Cities. Together, they notice the demon across the sands, an Aptorian. They observe the remnants of an ancient civilization and talk about soul-taken and divers, shapeshifters who are searching for ascendancy they are approached by six wolves, the divers Rolandris. Rolandris, however, backs away, not wishing to fight the duo. Diker, an imperial historian, waits in the harbor of Hisar. Holtane, the former leader of a rebellion, and the horse-riding Wiccan are arriving by boat. Holtane is to serve under High Fist Pormqual to help stave off a growing rebellion in Seven Cities. Diker awaits the Wiccan's arrival with Malak Rel, a blood magic-using priest who is a crucial advisor to High Fist Hormqual. Diker laments the messy politics of the Empire's slipping grasp over the continent. Hulp, a Malazan mage, arrives, and we watch as a fight almost breaks out between the new Wiccan warriors and the Hisar Guard. Holtane stops the commotion. We catch up with Fiddler, Crocus, Kalam, and Absalar. Their boat is nearing seven cities. They battle with the Denrabi and then arrive on the continent. Spending the night together, Kalam recalls his history in his homeland. Both Kalam and Quickben are seven cities natives and fought against the Malazan conquest many years ago. Kalam even guided the bridge burners across Raraku in an attempt to chase Quickben. Crocus presses Fiddler and Kalam why they have come to Seven Cities, that they are supposed to be taking Absalar back to Itko Khan. They have come to Seven Cities because a rebellion is about to start. A rebellion that will challenge the Empire. Kalam, Quickpen, and Fiddler have schemed to go after Lacine. So, Inge, uh, we're here. We're on Seven Cities, a completely new continent, and we meet Mappo and Icarium, a pair of wanderers. We meet them in more in Chapter 2, but this is our kind of first uh, first taste of the continent. We're thrown in. We meet these people. They talk to some shapeshifters. Uh, what's, your, what's, uh, what's your read on all this? Okay. Well, first, I want to start off by saying I totally understand why I had a hard time with the audiobook in the beginning. I just want to say, I just want to interject here. Um, 
because I had the same issue today when I was listening to it. If you don't fully pay attention to the names, you forget who's talking because now he's using the same voices he used to use for other people, obviously, mm. for new people. Mm. So now I'm getting so confused. Sure, sure. So that's my that's a pain point for me right now. Um, which is going to explain why these first chapters were so confusing, but that's okay. I just have to get used to their names and their voices. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole new setting and a new cast to kind of learn. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so let's start off with Icarian. Yeah. And Mappo. Yeah, Mappo, fine. Can we just discuss... Why he's green? Is he an Icarian? alien? Yeah, is he? Uh, he's a half blood. He he's a half jagged. He's a mixed race person. Oh, like me? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, all right. I was confused at that. I was like, I because everybody seemed to be in the other one more or less either human or bone. Um, so yeah, this yeah, was yeah. this was a little strange. All right. So now demons. Let's yes. Can we get into that? They're just around. I don't know how much I could offer, you know? They're just, sometimes they're there, you know? They just, since when, though? Have they always been mean? here? Last book, they were around sometimes. Oh, I didn't realize that either, then. No, he fights a, Anna Amanda Rape fights a demon at the end. There's the demon in the middle. There's the demons at the Battle of Pale. Well, I thought that those were just historic people. No, no, no. What? No, 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 no. What? Like, like, I thought they were just like, you know, like people that died a thousand years ago and then came back. And I didn't Do think. Do you mean ghosts? No. They're, they're, like the no, bone people. Oh, no, like no. Like an ancient no, race. No. no, the Talana mass aren't demons. No. You're blowing my mind. The Talana no, no. mass are bone people. Correct. Yeah, they're bone but people. But Anamanda Rake fates a little. Someone sent us fan art of him fighting a literal demon in the streets. I the, I the, just thought that it was a person that had magic powers. No, 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 no. It's it, the the Galen Demon Lord. Okay. Well, all right. Moving right anyway, along. Moving th- this right is along. A, this is another demon. <laughs> okay. Um. So why do they want to follow him? The demon, you mean? Yes. Like, why do they decide? Like, yeah, let's go after this guy. Josh. Uh, you know? No. I mean, my only guess is that he's a half-blood jagged and that people probably wouldn't know where he is, but... I thought this guy was a half-blood jagged. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Oh, so she, was talking, pro- she, she was talking about the demon. Yeah, are they hunting the demon or is the demon hunting them? They're hunting uh, the demon. They're not really hunting the demon. The demon's just around and the two of them are like, well, what's this demon doing here? Kind of random. Yeah, they don't kill it, do they? No. They just kind of leave it be. But they and follow him. And then they talk him. to some shapeshifters. Oh, well, they notice him for sure, yeah. All right. Well, I guess I thought that was going to turn into something, but it didn't. Yeah. Feeling feeling a little discouraged to start, but it's fine. It's fine. Josh, uh, what did you think of Mapo and Acarium and uh, their conversation with the shapeshifter? Oh, wait. Which which shapeshifter conversation? The soul taken. This, fir- this first yeah, one, yeah, the yeah, yeah. divers okay. Valandras. Well, all right. Okay. Well, let me first say that... Mapo, Mapo, whichever, is like the least intimidating day, intimidating name ever. Yeah, it's like and a clown. He's like, but he's like a giant, right? He's like a freakishly yeah, he's, tall he's like, guy. Isn't he he's seven humongous. Feet? Yeah, he's a uh, Ikarium seven feet, but Mapo's also a really big dude. Like, I just like, oh, hey, a Mapo. It sounds like a little fun <laughs> gnome or something. And it's just like, no. But anyway, the meeting. Hey, so this immediately answered the questions I had from the first book. 
which was at the end where there's fucking dragons and they're called Soul Taken, right? And it's just yes, like, yes. what does any of this mean? Well, now I know that Soul Taken are uh, shapeshifters. Now, how they are and what their whole deal is, not sure yet, but I know they're shapeshifters, so that was interesting. And also, divers, divers are also shapeshifters, but maybe stronger? Uh, anyway, I thought it was interesting. I like that this isn't a half-blood jagged tyrant who's just trying to murder everyone. He seems like mm. he's pretty chill. He's of substance. He's a chill jagged. He's a man yeah. of substance. And I and I like that. And they, we see a little bit more in the second chapter, but it's a very interesting dynamic of like these two are traveling together, but like Mappo's definitely kind of unsure of why he's traveling with with the jacket, who is probably going to be the death of him. It, it seems as what his thoughts are. So that was interesting. Yeah. And that's exactly, not to get back on the Garden of the Moon, but that's exactly why I think this all the Soul Taken stuff, like, especially in this book, Shapeshifters are a big part of this book in some way. So, like, all the Soul Taken talk in that one, it's just, I don't know, it just kind of flows into this, I feel. Mm-hmm. Josh, we then meet, go to the city of Hisar, and we see Diker, and we kind of watch and meet all, we, we learn a lot about Seven Cities politics and the Empire's uh, struggling grasp. Uh, what, what's your read on the Imperial situation here on Seven Cities and Diker? Uh, number one, I'm really glad we do this podcast because I was trying to say his name as Duiker, and it was dumb sounding in my head. I always so, said it Duker, and then... Yeah, but that's I, I not great I, either because why is there an I? Yeah, I'm glad it's It's just Diker, a crapshoot. This no, is what the audiobook said. Yeah, the, yeah. Uh, no, no, it didn't. I thought it said something else. I thought it said like Duiker di- di- or something. Well, mm. I'm going to go, maybe Diaker. I like that. Diaker. All right. He's very interesting. I'm like kind of curious about him because we've already met one Imperial historian who's like pretty anti the Empire. So I'm yeah. curious. And I'm very curious about him. You know, he's he's very neutral in a lot of ways. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of ex- excited to see where he goes. Uh, Malik Rell is instantly one of the least one of my least favorite characters <laughs> I've ever met. And it took like a second and it was very impressive. Why? Fuck that dude. He's like a, he's like a, he's like a, a, a slug man in the back. Just like, just like trying, just trying to work his machinations. Like, fuck him. Are you a fan, India? Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, indifferent as of now. Yeah. I don't um, have fan favorites until at least halfway through. Oh, and, uh, and then it, in terms of the Imperial situation, so, like, it's really interesting because at the beginning of Guardians of the Moon, the Empire seems like this unstoppable machine, right? Like, yeah, they literally yeah. destroy a city and nearly take down a moon that's led by an immortal god, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's like, the Empire's sure, so sure. good. But by the end of the book, the Empire's a little bit incompetent-sounding because, like, they, you know, the, this whole continent's army rebels. And now we're here, and there's a whole second continent that's about to be like, nah, we're good. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, yeah. it's the, it, really, it really puts some things into perspective. Yeah, so. spe- yeah, totally. Um... There's definitely, you kind of learn maybe the differences between what it says, what the Empire controls on paper and what that actually means in reality. Right. India, what did you think of uh, the first sight of Coltane and uh, the, uh, the Imperial politics of Seven Cities? The Imperial politics of Seven Cities seems to be a little unstable. Oh, you think so? I think that it's just a little... People are really starting to see Lacine. She's being seen for who she is. Ah, she, they're seeing right through her. They, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, um, yeah, I don't really have much of a strong thought on that. I feel like this is just 
setting us up to, I don't know, to just see the, in, the inner workings more crumbling than them on the outside and how they're doing, how they're like conquering everything. It's more like now on the inside, they're falling apart and they're not going and some, some, something's going to happen. Some, it's a book. So I don't know, but it's, it's a book. It's a book. Yes. Um, I'm hoping that we get more of a look into like the very inner circle more so than just like the random players on that are kind of on the inside, but more so on the outside doing like not making the direct actions. So I don't know mm. if that makes like, sense. Like, uh, what do you mean by that? Do you feel like Malik Rell is on the outside or are you like yeah, hoping no. to see high fist porn qual soon? The Malazan fist of seven cities. Well, I guess. I guess Malik seems kind of like he's, I can't really tell, like, on, on the outside, kind of working on the outside, but I I guess more so what is, like, like, I, I just, as always, I'm just looking for a Well, purpose. you know what, listen, there's a council scene in the next chapter, so let's, uh, let's have a conversation with Ben. Yeah. Um, Josh, before we move on to chapter two, we uh, see the first characters that we read about in the last book. We ca- we see Fiddler, Crocus, Kalam, and Absalar. What did you think about seeing characters you had seen before and kind of returning to a, a plot line from Gardens of the Moon? Well, henceforth, this group will be known as the Boys. Uh, and I know Absalar's a new, in a there. A new Boys. Yeah, but these are these are them boys, you know. Uh, so it was it was very nice. I I I slowly am realizing why I got a lot of feedback for saying fuck the bridge burners in the first book mm. uh, because maybe they are kind of cool i don't know uh <laughs> just maybe but it was interesting uh they killed a whole ass sea monster uh, yeah. which was there for a second a sea monster which spoke into their brains and was like i'll be granting you a quick death and then they're like we've got bombs so yeah it was great i'm very excited for fiddler to be more than like a character i literally only know because he plays the fiddle, and maybe blows stuff up. So I'm pretty excited. In India, what did you think about their conversation about, like, maybe the true motive to come to Seven Cities and them thinking back on their uh, Kalam's homeland? So it's Crocus who really, like, was wondering why they were going the one way and then ended up going instead of the other way and why they had to stop and whatever, right? Yeah, exactly. Crocus starts kind of pushing them on it yeah so and then they're like all right kid the real reason is is we're gonna we're gonna go and kill the scene now and you're you're coming with us right right yeah they okay. kind of put their cards on the table all right is that wise for them why why do why are they so why do they think that they can like why them why are why was it this group of people like when there were so many um i guess who, that who do you think was more suited to the other people that they left behind um, the, the leader guy, what was his name? Like, bring whiskey, Jack. Yeah, and then the other guy with the sword. Mm. Do you yeah, mean Trots? Perrin? Yeah, oh, but Perrin threw the sword out. Oh, he did? He threw it yeah, but he has the Odotaro sword now, but... That's what I meant. Um, oh, yeah, right. why, like, I don't know, I don't get why the, I guess the one because, guy is a magic man, um, and then... Because that, I guess... Like Whiskey Jack is a high profile, and I guess is like serving in the army. I thought they Although quit the they, army. They, yeah, they have been outlawed. And that, that's why I thought they were scared to like. Well, that's why they have to be like so top secret about going into this place because they could be being, recognized. They're, they're being furtive. Kalam is an ex-claw and an assassin. You know. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So I think that's 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 the sense in my mind. Okay. Alrighty. Well, let's 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 uh, keep it moving then. Chapter 2. 
Omens of Drajna and the Year of the Apocalypse mark the city walls. Diker visits the tribal camps on the outskirts of Hisar. A boy offers prophetic visions from Drajna of the blood that will come to seven cities. A goat-headed figure in the shadows witnesses the ritual as well. Diker heads to the council meeting to discuss the arrival of Coltane. The Wiccan commander is there, along with his right-hand man, Bolt, the Malazan Culp, and the Gistal priest, Malik Rel. Diker recounts with the Wiccans when they both met on the battlefield. The historian traveled with Dujek's army long ago. Sormo Enath, the Wiccan's principal warlock, arrived. Sormo is a boy that is a vessel for many souls. He wears a goat's head, and together with Diker, they discuss the omens for the coming rebellion. Malak Rel delivers the High Fist's command. Admiral Walnach and the Malazan fleet have departed. The Wiccans and the Seventh are to walk 1,200 miles overland to kneel at Formqual's feet in Erin. Bolt finds this absurd and kicks the priest out of the council. Diker cautions him, but Coltane does not care. The council discusses how High Fist Formqual is derelict in his duties, and that merchants like Malik Rel make most of the decisions in Seven Cities. After the council, Colt discloses to Diker that he is nervous about the warlock Sormo Enan. Diker responds with a request that Colt travels to the Otataro mines of Seven Cities and free an old friend, the historian Haboric Light Touch. Kalam goes off to find old contacts in the city. To occupy himself, Fiddler disguises himself and travels into the city of Erlatan. Redblades, an ally of the Malazan, are culling those who would be associated with the rebellion. Fiddler saves two girls and returns them to their home. Fiddler encounters a Tano spirit walker, Kimlock. They discuss the convergence of shapeshifters on the continent and the path of hands that will lead to ascendancy. Kimlock offers him a prophecy, but Fiddler declines and they discuss Raraku. Afterwards, Fiddler returns, worrying about Kalam and Absalar. Kalam meets Mebra, a Seven Cities native but Malazan spy. Mebra offers him the Holy Book of Drajna and a promise. If Kalam delivers the Holy Book across the desert, he will have a safe passage across the continent. He must give it to Shaikh the leader of the rebellion, and will raise the whirlwind in the holy desert of Iraku. Kalam agrees. Lestara Yil, the commander of the Red Blades, watch from the shadows. The captain and her second-in-command, Hena Baralta, will track Kalam across the desert to find Shaikh. Mapo and Ikarium are attacked by divers in the Panpats Odan. The soul-taken, Mesrem, greets Mapo, then continues his own journey on the Path of Hands. They are atop a cliff on the edge of the Holy Desert Uraku and are approached by the High Priest of Shadow, Iskarl Pust. Ikarium forgets. He forgets that the leopard attacked, only noticing that they have been hurt. He asks Mappo what has happened, and Mappo lies. So we kind of got an introduction to the characters in Hisar, 
But in this chapter, we really have the whole council scene, and it's preceded by um, some apocalyptic visions on the outskirts of the city. Josh, what did you think of Coltane, the conflict between him and Malik Rell, and uh, his maybe contentious arrival into his heart? So, uh, I feel like it's pretty interesting that Coltane is kind of of a similar mindset in some ways as uh, Hyphus Dujek over in uh, Ganabacus. Um, you know, both of them kind of see some flaws in the Empire. Coltane is much more just like, nah, fuck him, you know? Yeah. Or at the very least, I'll say this. He says some stuff that makes him seem sympathetic to Lassine, which was mm. interesting, but... He is very much like, I'm going to take command. I'm going to use my soldiers the way I think they should be used. And I think that's, I'm very interested to see what he thinks that is. Is he going to, like, stir the rebellion? Is he going to try to suppress it? Is he going to try and wait to see what happens? I, I don't know. I, I'm very interested in it. He's like, for someone that is immediately painted as this, like, barbarian, brainless guy, he seems pretty with it. Like, he's, he's got a pretty good tactical mind. Yeah. So, um, I think that'll be pretty cool. Uh, I love that he instantly sends out Malik Rell, which is just the powerest of power plays. Yeah, he's got... Yeah, and Coltane definitely has no time for games. Yeah, but that was a that was a very good council scene. I felt I felt like in the first book, we did not get a ton of political maneuvering, and I'm, I'm thinking we may get a bit more here. Hmm. India, what were what was your first impressions of Coltane and this uh, kind of council scene and the command that Coltane should take his army overland across the whole continent? So he seemed at first like I feel like uh, I agree with Josh in that he seems more calculated than it, it shows. And I do think that he is going to I think he's going to not suppress the rebellion. I feel like he's going to probably maybe lead it or be mm. a big part of it. And I think that he is being is like saying that the sympathetic things, I don't know, like more sort of like seem like he's on her side, like he's more fair, but I really don't think that he, he is interested in her at all. I feel like she kind of like, maybe he feels like cast off. I don't know, but um by her, but I feel like he's going to come and take uh, that ass scene? down. Yeah, right? No? I see. Um, I don't know. Uh, he seems like a little I, bitter. I, maybe not. He, to me, is definitely someone who like was defeated by the Empire and has now joined them. But right. also, but like also has no time for bullshit. Like that he's like a part of the Empire, but and now he's going to fight for them. But that doesn't mean he's going to like fucking put up with Malik Rell. Mm. Yeah. And what did you, uh, did either of you have any thoughts about Sormo Enath, the boy warlock? Kind of fucked up. Is he, so he's not himself, right? He is <laughs> the male fucked up version of what happened to Tattersail. Tattersail? Oh, that's, yeah. oh. So, so he is himself just as, as a child. Uh, yeah, he got put into a boy's body. Yes, that's uncomfortable. Okay, yeah. I get it now. Yep. You know, as we all do. Yeah, except unlike Tattersail, who's this, like, cool, fun, flirty lady, this is, like, some ancient warlock who seems, like, kind of fucking wild. Mm. Hey, you don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe Stormer Listen, Enath's that, maybe just Stormer, as flirty. Maybe Stormer Enath fucks. I don't know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, that was Josh's joke, not mine. <laughs> Before they leave, uh, Diker uh, asks Culp to travel to the Odaterra mines to free Haborek. Do we think he's going to do it? Yes. Of course he will. 
That's called plot. Plot. All righty then. India, elsewhere we see Kalam, and uh, he, he's doing, he, he goes off to do his own thing. So Fiddler. Is this also because he's his, in his own city? Where he yeah, lives? like, okay. he's just like catching he's like up. Back on his, he's back on his home turf. So he's like, oh, let me, you know, let me slide he's on taking by. some agency. Yeah. So Fiddler kind of goes and has this whole interaction with Kimlock, and they talk about a ton of stuff. What you take away from this? Is Fiddler from here too? And he had a history with this person? No. Uh, F- uh, Fiddler is not from here originally. Oh, However, shit. the bridge burners did come to Seven Cities when it was originally being conquered by the Malazan. So it's not his first time on the continent, but he is not a native like Kalam or Quickben. Okay. And then Kim Locke. Is this person's soul taken? No, no. Oh. Uh, she, she's kind of just like a, a shaman, serious spirit walker type person. You know, she has visions and sings. Uh, she sings these songs, you know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the songs like guide you in descendancy. Yeah. So like kinda. they're like like metaphors. No. Yeah. Maybe not. I don't know. See, OK, well, whatever. Um, I I have no I have no I that was an odd. This this whole beginning is odd. Um, I can't really tell who anyone is. And I have, I really, I don't know. I have no thoughts because. Josh, do yeah. you have any thoughts about Kim Locke and the Tano Spirit Walker? Yeah, Kim Locke, the Tano Spirit Walker is maybe my favorite character. And I, I, I think I'm never going to see him again. And I'm pretty fucking devastated. I loved him. He was why, great. Why, why, <laughs> what's with this love? This is a lot of love. Well, he was just kind of like, what's up? I'm Kimlock. Uh, I essentially have as much power as a whole god, and I'm just here chilling with my grandkids. I just also don't take, ma- I don't take many visitors because I'm. Uh, everyone hates my guts because they think I'm a traitor to the cause, but like, really, I didn't feel like killing 80,000 people just so that more people would come and eventually kill all of the civilians. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's, like, the dude knows what he's about. Mm, wow. I... I I'm almost, I just, I have Your such, reaction is really making me worried that he's going to murder a child in cold blood. You seem very no, lukewarm no. with Kimlock. I'm just, I have is he going so, to? Is he going to strangle a dog? Like, what I'm does just he do so, bad? this is just the hot, like, the hottest Spirit Walker take I've heard, you know? I just, I just was so surprised to hear this love Listen, for Kimlock, when, you know? when Erickson introduces a character who can sink someone into being a god, that's my exact shit. So. Ah, I see. Uh, it's a dream of yours to sing yes. people into godhood. Yeah. Usually I just sing them into the next room. Nice. Yeah. Um, while Fiddler is speaking with the spirit walker, uh, Kalam yeah. goes and is gets the Book of Drajna and sets off to give it to the leader of the rebellion so that she can start the whirlwind and the year of the apocalypse and everything. India, what did you think of... Kalam's choice to take this apocalyptic book and deliver it to the leader of the rebellion to ensure safe passage across the continent. It it seems a little risky. Seems like risky business, but uh, definitely a bit risky business. But um, I mean, really, did he did he really have a choice at the end of the what day? What do you mean? If you want, if well, I don't know, like if if you need, it, it, he's bartering. So and it's gonna make for a good story. I don't know. Well, he wants he mm. wants to get through the place. He needs to do, and how? I guess that's how he's gonna have to do it. So, also, Josh, do you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a shit plan, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he has no choice. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I, like his options are like go across the desert where they're definitely gonna get killed, 
go into the desert to bring this super powerful person, start a rebellion, and maybe they won't get killed. Mm. You know? Uh, I, I do know. The Red Blades are going to follow them, and they're allied with the Malazans. Do you think, uh, any, any thoughts about might, what might happen there? Something bad? I'd say a fight. That sounds good. Yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> Hot takes. A, Hot takes it A there. quick battle. A quick little Peter, I can't scuffle. tell what you are. Are you trying to like hint us towards something? Here, here. Do you want to, you want to, here, here's my hot take X. Uh, no, I'm just, no, I'm just. No, I got to shut up. All right. They're going to get to the seer. They will have been followed the whole time. They think they do everything correct. And then the red blades get discovered and there's this big misunderstanding and everyone's like, you're working for the Malazans. And then they all die. No, no. There we it, go. When it, That's my take. The reason I was, the reason I was saying is because I just feel like, especially in these first chapters of the book, like everyone's kind of being situated on the continent and getting their own thing and like kind of having a task to themselves in some way. And I feel like especially with like, it just feels like it in this scene, Erickson's like putting a little powder keg into the book. And I was just trying to have Everin's read on it. Mm. Yeah, you definitely read this book from a higher level than I do. Yes, I agree. I'm very, very surface. This is what's happening right now. Like, I'm not thinking about the strategic well, placements. I'm also rereading the book, so I guess there's... I think that's a good idea. Did you read these? should start trying to do that. You're going to start rereading the book? No. She's just going to read Garden to the Moon until she understands it, like, perfectly. Oh, uh, Yes, exactly. A Sisyphean task. Alrighty. Uh, and then, finally, we return to Mappo and Acarium. And we see them attack. They kind of meet up with some shapeshifters again. Um, they meet the High Priest of Shadow, Scarl Pust. And then Akarium kind of forgets a lot of stuff. Josh, what did you think of this? Uh, the ending was tragically sad. Like, so, you know, it's only been two chapters, but he has said several times that he doesn't want to kill things. And does he, like, when he kills people, does he just forget, you know, like, a bunch of stuff, like, the last portion of his life? Because that's upsetting. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, If that's the case, maybe there's other things, but, like, that's kind of what it seems like. Uh, I do want to say Iskarl Pust is my second favorite character after Kimlock. Mm. And he why yelled, is that? Well, he sat with his legs crossed for so long that he got a cramp, and then he yelled at a donkey to fix it. And then the donkey ran away and came back a man. And as, I, as you do. A, it's, it's very Don Quixote for me. Mm. I'm into it. Well, uh, we will see a, a Scarl Pust again, and he is a character that is close to my heart. Hell yeah. God. Great. <laughs> you sound excited, India. I'm, yeah. really, I'm really into it. Why does this guy not remember anything when he kills animal tigers? I don't know. Leopard. Uh, Maybe it's a curse. We, we'll definitely learn more about I feel like, Yeah, I'm really, that's an intriguing thing. I love these uh, mind-fucked people. They're so yeah. interesting. And what do you think about Mappo kind of, uh, Lying? You know, yeah. I, well, you got, I, I don't know why he, that's what's, I don't know. I don't know why he's doing it. Is he doing it to protect him or? Yeah, I don't know. It's doing, a mystery. Well, no, it's not. He's got to be protecting him, right? But, that or like maybe maybe there's like a, maybe if he finds out, he'll go crazy or something. Yeah, that's just, what I'm wondering. Like, like, I don't know. I got a lot of questions. A lot um, of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, listen, I think that's maybe about it for us here on the beginning of Dead House Gates. Wait. Oh, please. We never, we didn't even 
gloss over the fact about the the tattooed man with no hands. That was uh, the prologue. Why doesn't he have hands? Why did they Why did they chop the hands off? I think because he probably was real good at magic or some shit, right? Oh, uh, I, it's fucked up. I believe he used to actually be uh, a thief, and his hands got cut off. That's because- what he said. That, I think he did say that. Yes, that sucks. Yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> I, I like w- having my hands. Hands are awesome. Yes, that's part of my take. <laughs> the really important part of my life is having hands. Yeah, yeah we just glossed fingers. over it, and I wanted to discuss it because I just looked at his little picture, and I was like, mm-hmm. "What happened?" And plus, he's he's all inked up, you know. Yeah, he's team tatted. <laughs> tatted, yes. To put it mildly. And yeah. alrighty, just oh, these please. are just all people questions. So, sure. is Coltane part? bird no he just has a lot of like uh, feathers accents yeah he just is uh, wearing a lot of feathers yeah because it said crow and then i thought of him as that person that was a bird. i missed i missed that apparently i didn't hear any of that stuff no he's like of the crow clan there's there's like you, there's a lot of crow fetishes you know oh, oh all right yeah i get that well, you know, when you're looking at crows and then you're like, oh, man, they're so sick. And you start pulling each feather off individually and make a large cape for yourself. Yeah, obviously. We've all been there. Obviously. Yeah, of course. It's, it's, look, it's, it's so a Tuesday, say we all. Man. It's a Tuesday. It is a Tuesday. All right. Um, that's my, that was oh, it. Well, uh, that's about it for us here today. Thanks for everyone for bearing with us between Gardens of the Moon and Dead House Gates. But, um... The move has been completed. I am safe, and the Trans-Pacific podcast has occurred. This this is the plan. Anywho, uh, tweet at us, at Books. send us an email, and um, let us know what you think about, you know, the change of pace, and that when, you know, it's a huge change to just kind of flip into all new characters and a whole new setting. So maybe we'll talk about it in the next show. We're trying to get stuff like that going. Anyway, uh, I think for next week, we're going to be reading Roraku uh, chapters three, four, and five. So um, we, we look forward to seeing it then. But uh, before we go, Josh Baker, do you have any predictions about what is going to be happening on Seven Cities? I mean, I can only hope that Kalam and them start traveling. And I don't know. I, I actually don't think they're going to catch the Red Blades for a while. I think they're going to get, you know, they're going to go unnoticed. Uh, mostly, I cannot wait to see what the fuck is up with Iskarl Pust and his weird shadow tower. You're so, trying to get in on the Iskarl Pust trying life. To get, trying to figure out my boy Pust, you know? Something you're actually going to miss out on with You Iskarl know what I always Pust. say, man? Pust or bust, you know? There you, there you go. I love that. Thank you. India will be able to affirm, especially the, the more we read it, as the audiobook has a great crop of voice, it has a great Escaro Pust voice. So uh, can't wait. <laughs> I expect Indi- a, a full impression next week, India. Uh, uh, of course, India will do it. I would love to. Uh, India, whoa! You predictions for you for uh, Seven Cities? Here's uh, what's going to uh, down. Here's exactly what's going to happen. Any person or group. That was mentioned in these first two chapters plus prologue is that's exactly who we are going to meet in the next three chap in the next three chapters. So I'm talking definitely Red Blades, definitely anyone else who we didn't meet, and we'll see what happens with that. So it's going to be now we've just plotted on the one side. The next three chapters we're going to plot on the next side, and are, are, then are after you that, just saying we're going to see the characters again? We're going to meet. 
the no, we're gonna meet the characters that we didn't meet yet that they were talking ah, about. I see, I see, I see. Ah. And then after we meet that character, those characters learn their agenda. That's when we're gonna start colliding. Those are my. We're thoughts. going to go to Darugistan, so to speak. We're gonna go to no, we're not. There's no way we go to fucking Darugistan. No, no, not no, no. Yet. I, I'm, oh, I'm I was at, on Reddit. I understand what you're saying. It was a metaphor. Keep going. I'm just over yes, here. yes. You're, we're gonna meet the other cast of characters than content. You mean? Yep. Yeah, well, only the ones that have been mentioned, because now we need to know what their what their shit is and what their spiel. I understand. Is be. I understand. That, that those are my those are my thoughts. Well, listen, I'm excited to get uh get further in the book and to keep talking about it. And uh, well, thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Bye. Oof, a little rusty. Yeah, a little bit. Hello everyone, producer AJ here for the first time in season two. Uh, like Peter said in the episode, thank you so much for sticking with us while we got our recording schedule figured out after Peter's big move to Japan, and we promise from now on we'll maintain our bi-weekly schedule. Uh, apologies also if you notice some audio issues in the episode. We're working on getting them sorted out as well. Uh, and now to the proper credits. Thanks to Dan Gesrick for making our new and improved Season 2 logo. We really love it. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Gesrick for the hottest new iPhone takes. And of course, all the music from the show comes from Amaranthan's album Simulant Rain, which you can find on Bandcamp, where they've also recently released some brand new music, which I highly recommend. Uh, links to their pages will be in the show notes. And 10 Very Big Books will be back in two weeks on September 27th with the next few chapters of Dead House Gates. As always, keep sending us your feedback on Twitter and Gmail at 10 Very Big Books and 10 Very Big Books at gmail.com. And thank you so much for listening.